You're listening to the Kingfisher Podcast with Eric and Bron Whitley, and we just want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everyone. Christmas time is one of our absolute favorite times of the year. And uh, I love Christmas. I love all the decorations and the music and the food and family and friends, all that stuff. It's got a lot of good stuff to it. Yeah, it's my favorite time of year. But what we kind of want to talk about today is the true meaning of Christmas. Yeah, the reason for the season. Reason for the season. Yeah, that's <laughs> it rhymes. It's great. But yeah, I think we are very easily distracted by all the chaos of Christmas. I know Christmas can be a really stressful time for people, whether that's through finances and trying to buy gifts or just the family conflicts. People put a lot of pressure on themselves at Christmas time. They want to make Christmas perfect. And I I think that's the wrong thing to focus on. Having the perfect house and the perfect meal and the perfect time with family. I mean, it's like that movie that we watch every year, The Christmas Vacation. National Lampoon's Christmas (laughs) Vacation. Has no one learned anything from this movie? (laughs) He's trying to make Christmas perfect with his family. And of course, everything goes wrong. And I think that, you know, a lot of people do that. And that's why that movie is so funny is because people put so much pressure on themselves to have the perfect Christmas with their family that they miss the actual part of connecting with their family. Yeah. And the true purpose that we celebrate is the birth of Jesus. And I think we we miss that and get lost in Santa and all the other stuff, which are wonderful things. But the true purpose is to celebrate the birth of Jesus and all that he represents and the salvation that we receive because of his life and death here on the earth. Yeah. So. Well, you know, he came to the earth, we celebrated at Christmas time, as a baby. And he that was foretold in the Bible for many, many generations before he came. Yeah, I, I love reading some of that. And if you go to a church service, Christmas Eve service or a church service during Christmas, no doubt some of the prophetic words about Jesus and this coming Messiah will be read out. And Jesus fulfilled all those things, that he would be born in Bethlehem and that he would be born of a virgin and that he would be from the line of David and all these sorts of things that were prophesied hundreds of years. I think uh, Isaiah was like... Um, maybe 400 years before Christ was born, and he wrote all these things. Yeah, if you want to read about it, it's in Isaiah 53, I think. But what I love about the Bible is that it's taken as a whole. You have to look at the whole context and taken as a whole. I see it as a love letter from God to us, to humanity. And the Old Testament is sort of setting up the scene, setting the scene for the coming Messiah by showing how the world really needed a Savior. That's right. Well, obviously, when Adam and Eve sinned and the fall, as we call it, happened, sin entered the world and death and pain and sickness and all those things with it. And we were separated from God's presence. We were separated from having that relationship with him because he's holy and we are not. We we have sin in our lives. And so to make a way that we can know him and that we can be in relationship with him, He had to send his son, Jesus, to die on the cross. Yeah, it's the perfect sacrifice. Yeah. What would you say sin is? What's your definition of sin for people who aren't really sure? Because I know uh, a lot of people see it as sort of a condemnation, like, oh, you're a sinner, that's condemnation. But that's not really what sin is about, is it? No, in simple terms, yes. Sin is sometimes doing a bad thing or not even doing 
you know, holding back from doing a good thing. But one theologian uh, I've read talks about sin is actually anything that leads towards death. So any sort of action or attitude or whatever that draws us closer to death, that's what a sin is. Yeah. And that can be hate. That can be unforgiveness. And even science has, and medicine have backed this up now to, to show if we hold unforgiveness, it actually is detrimental to our life, detrimental to our health. And so it doesn't always have to be an action of wrong. It can be an attitude. It can be yeah. anything that leads us towards death. And it's also when we're disobedient to God. Yeah, and it, it is. So that's what I meant by doing wrong or doing bad. Uh, or not doing good that we know we should. Yeah, and the Bible outlines for us the things that God gives us as guidelines for how to live. And when we're disobedient to him, that sin builds up sort of as a blockage between us and him because, as you say, he's holy and we're not. And so when we sin, it separates us from him. And so what he wanted to do is reconcile us to him because he loves us so much. Every single one of us, he loves us so much that he wanted to be able to bridge that gap that sin created between us. And so he made a way for that to happen by sending his son to earth as a baby to live a sinless life and to be the ultimate sacrifice so that all of our sins were paid for with his sacrifice. That's right, because none of us have lived a perfect life. So we... You may think you can do enough good or avoid enough bad to be righteous or holy in God's sight, but you can't. The Bible says we are born into sin. So we've had three kids, and when you see that little newborn, that little infant, they do seem just so innocent and precious and whatever else. And they are. but They are, but they carry the curse of sin and death in them. I know that sounds horrible, but it's a reality that spiritually they carry that Within yeah, themselves. And I, I think if people are being honest, you can see that because when people grow into adulthood, they know the difference between right and wrong and they often choose to do the wrong thing. And there's a lot of turmoil and conflict and hate and pain and suffering in the world. And that is the result of sin coming into the world. And so if we're living a life that does not honor God and, and is not submitted to his lordship, we will live in conflict and we will live with pain and suffering and we will struggle to find that joy and peace and hope in life because that's only available through Jesus. And, and that's what the Christmas message is. It's all about Jesus coming to be the light and hope of the world. And the salvation. Yeah, it, you know, there's that old saying that there's a God-shaped hole in all of us and we try and fit all kinds of things in to, to fill that hole and it never works, you know, square peg, round hole. It just doesn't fit. It doesn't work. It's not going to satisfy. And God is the only one through Jesus that will truly satisfy and will fill those holes in our lives. And without him, I, I don't know how you go through life. We've talked about this before. Having been a Christian my whole life, I, I don't know what it would be like to live without a belief in God and an understanding of, of his love and an experience of his love. I think it would be a much yeah. harder and life without him. For me, it definitely gives me a solid foundation. And so I always feel secure in my life because I know who I am and I know that God loves me and I know that he's saved me. And that really helps me to have a solid foundation in life and gives me hope for the future. And I think that would be, that's something that everyone would want. And I, I would encourage anyone who has not made that decision to follow Jesus that it really is a life of hope and joy and peace and 
it's not something that you can really explain to somebody else. It's something you have to experience for yourself. If there's a message that we're trying to get across today is it's Jesus came for you. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening, Jesus came and he died on that cross for you. And whether you accept that free gift uh, of his love and salvation, that's up to you. You have free will. You can reject, deny it or whatever, or you have the choice to accept it. And I guess our message today is we really pray that you would accept it because it is life transforming. It does change everything and it actually does have impact eternally. It's not just in this life. It's, it's an eternal impact when we give our lives to Jesus. Yeah. And when you think about it, you know, Jesus started his ministry when he was about 30 years old, right? And uh, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. And he only really was in ministry for about three years. And yet that three years changed the whole course of history and the whole world. Can you imagine in the United States, I know the president has a four-year term, so he spends four years in office and he has his influence and, and he can bring about his ideas and laws and whatever for four years. If you get a second term, maybe eight years. Jesus only did it for three years and his impact was not just on the Jewish people. It was, it's been on the world and it's yeah. still impacting the world today. Yeah, I mean, it spread throughout Asia, the Middle East, Europe. Western civilization itself is built on Christian principles and values, things like caring for others, putting others' needs before yourself, feeding the widows and the orphans, public education, public health and hospitals. All of the things that we sort of take for granted as being good things in our society come from Christian churches and Christian values and all of those things that underpin Western civilization, which has now impacted the entire world. Yeah, most of our laws have a foundation in those biblical ideas of stealing's wrong, murdering somebody's wrong, slander, lying's wrong, you know, all those sorts of things have been fed into our our system. I mean, really, there's not a place within our society where Christianity and those ideals have not infiltrated. Yeah. Now, whether you want to admit it or not or recognize it or not, those things are there. And even... I would say someone who would say they're they're an atheist, if you ask them, is this right or is this wrong, you know, just common things, they have that idea of right and wrong comes from God. It comes from the Bible and it comes from Christianity. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of people don't even realize that. The other thing I was going to mention is that, you know, Jesus was in ministry for three years and he had a group of disciples who followed him around. We know about the 12 disciples, but there were also other people, a whole, you know, a whole group that followed him around and, and listened to him and watched him as he taught and learned from him. And those people, after he died, went on to spread the word of um, who he was and what he did and what he represented and salvation, the message of salvation throughout the earth. And as they did, a lot of them were persecuted for that and killed. And well, yet they still didn't take it back. Yeah, the impact that... Jesus as a person, we know he's a historical figure. He was a real person. He did live on the earth, and he did go around ministering. Yeah, historical artifacts from non-Christians to yeah. back it up. So there's secular as well as sacred evidence of his existence. And the people that he impacted, we've talked about at times, 
the disciples were not the best and brightest people. They were just average men. Like, I'm not putting them down, but these were not... They were normal guys. They were just regular guys who, by being in the presence of Jesus and learning from him and living with him, they've been able to spread his message and Christianity, as we've said, all around the world and through the centuries. I mean, it's been... 20 centuries. And yeah, and, he, and even as they were imprisoned and beaten and tortured and and killed and executed, they stuck to their belief and they continued preaching even in, you know, as they were dying sometimes about who Jesus was and how he was the hope of the world and he offered salvation to all of us. Yeah, I mean, these were people who knew Jesus, so it's not like you and I that our only experience has been from reading the Bible or watching a movie or something like that or prayer or prayer about about him but we we haven't gotten to meet Jesus in a physical flesh man form it's a spiritual thing and it's a belief and it's a faith but these were men who actually lived with him and was around him and if it were me and I'm being tortured and facing execution of some gruesome type if it wasn't really real if I didn't really believe he was who he said he was, I would probably recant. I would yeah, probably go, yeah, okay, we, we just lied about that. We made or the whole thing up. We made it all up because we were hoping to be rich and famous. I don't know, whatever. But they never did. Yeah. They all went to their grave. They all died still being faithful to, to Jesus and to the message that he taught them. Yeah, and that says a whole lot. And even to this day, I mean, there are Christians all over the world who are killed on a daily basis for their faith, and they they don't turn back from their faith because it's real. Again, that's something I've thought about is if I were faced with that decision, recount your faith, you know, recant your faith, turn away from it or die, do I have the guts? Do yeah, I have the strength? That would be a very hard thing. To do that. I know internally I would never stop believing, and even if I said those words, I think I would be a bit like Peter was when he denied Jesus. I think I would feel very (laughs) shameful and very down. I think we can all relate to Peter for sure. For sure. But yeah, I mean, God is so real in my life that I can't turn away from that. No. Once you've had a taste of his goodness, it's, it's something that you want to continue to experience for life. And one of the things that he does is he asks us to submit to his lordship. So the the Bible says that if we confess with our tongue that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. And I think we often just sort of brush through that, but what it means to say someone is Lord, you know, back in biblical times they would have really understood that a little better than us because they called different people Lord. And what it meant was that you would take the knee and that you would submit to their authority. Yeah, they were in charge or they were more powerful than you. And yeah, we don't call people too many times these days, Lord, but to turn to Jesus and say, be Lord of my life, yeah, it might be kind of an old school expression, but I think it's very accurate because it is saying, I'm going to let your teaching and your guidance lead my life instead of by my own wisdom or by my own ideas, my own energy, whatever, to live my life. I'm going to follow what you tell me to do. Now, that can sound a little bit like master-slave, but that's not the way that a relationship with God is. It's more friend-to-friend. And there's not one of us that is benefiting more uh, by the other. You know, There's no taking away. 
God blesses. Like if anything, we get more out of it than he does because he's constantly blessing us. He gives us peace. He gives us joy. He gives us that salvation, gives us forgiveness for sins, gives us hope that we can't generate and find that on our own. No amount of positive thinking or positive attitude or whatever can come even close to the peace that can come through Jesus and and knowing him. And so when we give our lives to Jesus, as, as we're saying, there's that verse you said before that we confess that he's Lord. So that's recognizing that he's God and we're not. So that's that recognition. So we first we have to recognize that he's God and that we're not. And then we have to believe and then we have to come to him in faith. You can say, I've heard a lot of critics of Christianity talk about you probably see it in Facebook and whatever. If you want to believe in the fairy God in the sky and all this, and, and people really make fun of it. But in the end, it is a faith thing. You do have to have faith yeah. to be in relationship with God and believe it by faith, which is a little bit of and it, yeah. a leap of you know a leap off a cliff without looking first. And it is a decision that every single person is going to have to make. Now, you might say, oh, no, I'm not going to make that decision, but that's you making a decision because you either choose to follow him or you choose not to follow him, and it's a, it's something we all have to decide. But what if somebody is listening today and they think, oh, I'm too far away, I, I'm not the right kind of person, I've done too many things? Well, that's the great thing about God is sin is not, there, there's not a value on sin. Sin is sin. So whether you've killed 100 people or you've only told a little lie when you were in third grade, both of those things are sin, and both of those things take us out of relationship with God and put a barrier between us and him. So whether he needs to forgive you for what we consider really atrocious and heavy sin or whether it's just lightweight sin, we put degrees to it, but God doesn't put a degree to sin. Sin is sin, and when you're holy, it's an absolute so you're either holy or you're not. And so if you're feeling like, well, I've done too much or the situation I'm in, I've heard this a lot too, when I get my life straight in some way if, or some aspect of my life is settled, then I'll turn to Jesus. I say when you're in a bad situation, whether that's in the grips of addiction or a unloving marriage or homelessness, whatever you're in, that's actually the best time to turn to Jesus because yeah. If you wait until that situation's solved, many times we feel like we don't need him then. So God's not waiting for us to be good enough to come to him. It's by coming to him, he makes us good enough. Yeah, he's the one that washes us clean. And if you're feeling as though, oh, I can't really go to a church because I'm just not that type of person or they're going to look at me funny or I won't fit in, I would just encourage you to give it a try. Try to find a church and attend maybe for a Christmas service. And you might be pleasantly surprised that actually the church that you go into is full of people just like you, sinners, people who are separated from God, but then have been reconciled to him through accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I think Jesus's favorite people were the outcast. I mean, throughout the New Testament, he was always hanging out with the fringe people of society, often being criticized for it and upsetting the religious leaders and the religious right for hanging out with the fringe characters. Yeah. So if you feel like you're on the fringe, you're in good company. That's You're one of Jesus's favorite. Yeah, because the reason that Jesus loved people like that was because they were gr- so grateful for his forgiveness and his salvation because it was a bigger load that they were carrying. And 
so you know the bigger the load of of sin and heartbreak and shame or pain that we're carrying when he takes that load from us that is something that we're even more grateful for and it's something where I've seen people just live in so much joy when they turn their life over to Jesus because they were carrying around so much of the heavy burdens. Yeah, and look, giving your life to Jesus doesn't mean that all your difficult situations in your life is solved, that they all go away. But what is different is you don't face those things alone and you have now the presence of God with you, all of his authority, all of the benefits, such as joy and peace, peace that surpasses understanding, peace in the midst of a chaotic storm that you wouldn't have otherwise. So doing it with God is far better than doing it without God. And I just think giving your life to Jesus is the best decision you could ever, ever make. Yeah, it's the best gift to give yourself this Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> it is the gift-giving season, so... Jesus is offering offering the gift of salvation to you, and in return, he just wants you to give your life to him. It's okay if you don't understand it all. You'll, you'll figure it out as you go along. God's really good in that. Again, he doesn't wait for us to be good enough. He's the one that makes us good, and it's only through him. So if there's anything, I guess, that we're trying to get across through this podcast, I know our heart for this one is to talk about Christmas and what it truly means, but we want to give you, the listener, an opportunity, if you don't know Jesus, to give your life to him today. You might be listening while you're driving your car or on a train on the way to work or washing the dishes or something you know, from our lives that's just mundane that we do all the time. It's a perfect opportunity. If you feel that inclination, if you feel the Holy Spirit working in your heart even as we talk about it, I just really encourage you to take that step of faith and give your life to Jesus. I'm going to pray a little prayer just to give you some words to put around this that you can pray with me. You don't have to say them out loud. You can just say them in your mind. God hears that. He accepts that. It really is your intent and your desire to know him that he's concerned with. So if that's what you want to do today, just pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm so sorry for the times I've tried to lead my life without you. Please forgive me for the things I've done wrong, for the times I've hurt others as well as myself. I no longer want to be the lead of my life. I want you to come into my heart and be my Lord and be my Savior. I give my life to you today and ask you to forgive me of my sins. Jesus, bring me into relationship with you and help me to understand what it is to be your child. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Merry Christmas, everyone. We hope that you have a wonderful holiday season with your family and loved ones. And we hope that you will join us again next week as we celebrate this wonderful holiday season. Yeah, we do wish you a Merry Christmas. And I just uh, pray that at some point during this season that you'll stop and reflect on the real reason that we celebrate, and that's the birth of Jesus and all that he's done for us. This has been the Kingfisher Podcast with Eric and Bron Whitley. We're wishing you all a Merry Christmas, and we hope to see you in the new year. Have a great day.